Well, hello and welcome to episode 18 of your monthly Leader Breeder podcast with myself and your host, Aiden Jeffrey. Leader Breeder podcast is a leadership podcast dedicated to helping you discover and develop your leadership voice in order to deliver greater value in your life, career, ministry, and business. In today's episode, we are extremely privileged to welcome back to Leader Breeder all the way from San Antonio, Texas, one of my heroes in the faith and a great friend to Pastor Art and CRC, the vision of CRC, Pastor Rick Godwin. Pastor Rick, so welcome to, uh, great to have you back with us again. It's been almost a year, I can't believe it, since the last time you were on and I asked you if you'll graciously consider joining us again today and uh, thank you so much for your time. Really, I, I don't say this to flatter you because you're sitting here, but I've told you this before, one of my heroes in the faith and truly a great inspiration to us. For those of you that are maybe listening to us for the first time today, Pastor Rick is a young, 80 years young, and uh, still running hard for the Lord and such a wise man in so many aspects of ministry and life and especially leadership. And I asked Pastor Rick to share some of his thoughts again with us today. So Pastor Rick, welcome to you and uh, thank you so much for being with us today again. And I'm looking forward to what lying, what's lying ahead over the next few minutes with all of our listeners today. Thank you, Pastor Aiden. It's wonderful to be back in beautiful Cape Town, you know, paradise capital of the world. It is so beautiful here, and the weather is so nice, and I'm honored to be here and share with you as a friend and uh, with the church and on your leadership broadcast. I thought today we might get together and talk about uh, some common mistakes leaders make. They're, they're, not, they're not difficult, and everybody's made them, right. but you want to make sure you don't keep making them. Uh, so I wanted to mention, oh, maybe seven that are very common and can take a leader off track. Right. Shall I start? Yes, well, please go ahead. First, I would say taking shortcuts. Taking shortcuts. When you take a shortcut, there's a lot of God you miss. As a leader, all of us have to be careful about being comfortable versus making hard choices. Mm. So the comfortable is real easy to do. And even though shortcuts are comfortable, you'll skip things that God wants to use to develop you. It's called experience. In other words, I'm going to miss a good part of what I need to know for my future if I try to take a shortcut. And it, right. it's kind of like a premature baby. You arrive at the destination uh, too early. Right. And as a result, you're not well-formed. And babies are high risk when they're when they're preemies, we call them preemie babies. So a lot of leaders get where they are too fast and miss what they need to sustain them for the future in the long haul. So they typically let convenient substitute for the best or the popular over what's right. Seldom does the popular ever lead us to the place we need to go. Exodus 23, I think it was. Uh, the writer says, thou shall not follow a crowd to do evil. It's, mm. it's rare the crowd's right. It's, right. it's right. very rare. So whenever a leader takes a shortcut, they usually get in trouble. So we have to understand that the journey of leadership is never comfortable. It's going to always be difficult and hard. Right. Now, it may not be convenient, but we have to choose what's best, what's right. And sometimes choosing right won't be popular, mm. but if you skip it, you could have a disaster. So I was just thinking, the Challenger space shuttle and the O-ring, we all remember it blowing up in, after takeoff and taking right. the lives of all the astronauts. And the reason was Thiokol Chemical had warned NASA about 
temperatures and the rubber O-rings and how they would misshape and leak. And to get that shuttle up on schedule, NASA took a shortcut, and they violated the rule clearly and the warnings they had been given and launched it and, as a result, destroyed everybody. Uh, How about recently we watched the Ocean Gate submersible blow up underwater? Again, the the developer lost his life taking a shortcut, uh, failing to do the proper tests on that thing, and as a result, everybody lost their life. Then we had a real popular football player. Of course, when I say football, I'm talking about American football, okay? Bill Romanowski was just sued by our government for $15 million for back taxes. So he had a health nutrition uh, company and product for their health, but he was skimming the money on the side and not paying taxes on it. And then when it was discovered, taking that shortcut to enhance his lifestyle, now he has to pay $15 million in back taxes. Shortcuts never, never pay off. Uh, Too much chemical steroids so I can be buff can lead to severe problems, cardiac problems as well as other problems later in life, not early. You're going to pay later for the shortcut to be strong. So you have to be careful. I think to add to what you're saying, I think it's it's, uh, such excellent examples. To young listeners listening today as well, especially I found in all the years of uh, being in ministry and previously in business, sometimes when you go through a battle or you're going through a, a season or a process of establishing something, a business, or you start out with great intentions and you're going through battles, sometimes people question, am I in the will of God? because I'm going through some battles. And I think that's when we want to tend to take shortcuts very often because we think maybe I must do something different. But sometimes it's just, it's the process of life. You can't, you can't, you know, graduate before you go through grade one or grade two. And I think people should be reminded of that again today that, you know, sometimes the route of least resistance isn't always the, the quickest option to the solution. Sometimes you just have to grind it out and just be patient in the process and not think that you're out of God's will when you go through some trials and tribulations. Yeah, I think that, you know, it's what we went through that makes us what we are. Right. And, and parents want their children to be like them, but they don't want their children to have to go through the difficulties right. they had to go <laughs> yeah, through, exactly. which molded you. Right. And I get it. I'm a parent and a grandparent. I, I understand that. But a lot of guys skip life experiences. They give you wisdom. They teach you what doesn't work, what's not well to do, uh, what you should do. And that's what makes you valuable and able to go the long haul. So a lot of young guys get out in ministry and they haven't had enough life experiences to be smart enough to navigate different choices they're going to have to make. And it may look good and comfortable and uh, rewarding in the short haul, but the long haul is where I always want my eyes to go. What's going to be the result of this? What, what What price am I going to have to pay for taking this shortcut? So shortcuts are convenient, they're popular, but seldom. Do they take you where God wants you to go? The second uh, problem that leaders face is the unwillingness to change. Mm. That's a big one. Isaiah 43, 18 says, Behold, I do a new thing. Mm. 
forget the former things. So the very nature of good long haul leadership is you're always changing. Right. So people should say after a few years, gee, you're not, you're not the same. Right. Thank you. I don't want to be the same. I should be being conformed into the image of Christ. Secondly, I ought to be smarter. And third, I ought to be more efficient right. uh, as I get older, as I have more experience. So the world, life, society is always changing. Mm. So we have to be able to lead and manage change. Methods, style, dress, music, and technology have a shelf life. Right. They are temporal. Mm. See, they are not sacred. They are not eternal. Mm. Only truth is eternal mm. and sacred and never changes. Mm. Everything else is constantly changing. changing. So if a church or a secular business can't read the culture, you'll go out of business. Mm. You'll become irrelevant. Kodak stayed with paper pictures right. and digital pictures took them out of business right. and put them into bankruptcy. Ford only wanted black cars. Right. So some of his tech technicians uh, like Chevrolet left, started their own company and started giving cars in different colors. Right. So simple, but, be, but because he would not adapt to the need of the culture, uh, they go out of business. A church goes out of business, becomes irrelevant. Mm. So let's take the word change as an acronym and break it down. The C mm. of change stands for challenges. The challenge is always to get out of your rut. Mm. If we're doing something a long time, we're creating a rut. And getting out of it, what you're used to doing all the time, and the reason you're doing it, requires change. The challenge is, will I get out of the rut that I'm in? Will I be willing to try something new in a new way that I'm unfamiliar with? The H is healthy. Change is healthy because it forces you to learn and it forces you to think different. It makes us grow. It makes us learn. Change forces me to learn. Right. I'm using an iPad right now. Well, I never used an iPad. I'm the old school that used paper. Right. I use notes. Right. And then to be able, the guys, my younger guys are saying, Rick, you got to go with the iPad. You don't have to carry a briefcase with sermons in paper, which is wood right. and 30 pounds. I don't know what that is in kilograms, but yeah. is heavy. Now I just take an iPad. I love Steve Jobs. He changed my life. He changed the world. I can put hundreds of messages, information, all of it right there on a iPad. And for eyesight that begins to get weaker as you get older, you can make the font bigger and bigger. And I can't do that with paper. But my fear was, gee, I'll lose control. What happens if it goes off? I'm not secure. I felt all of that. Yeah. Terrible. Me. I'm not afraid of anything, but I was terrified to leave my paper and I had to change. Right. Now I look back and I thought, you ignoramus, <laughs> why did you delay three years when your life could have been a lot easier and better exactly. using something that was good technology? The A in change is anxiety. Right. So whenever you deal with change, there's going to be new levels of stress. Why? Because I'm doing something I'm not familiar with. Mm. It's new to me. Mm. It's, it's uncharted territory for me. So that's normal. God is bigger than those moments, and you will get through it. And mm. everybody goes through it when you try something new. Right. Well, what if it doesn't work? 
Well, abandon it and try something else. Right. I mean, what's hard about that? Right. The N in change is new. Mm. You have to try something new. It's something you've never done before. So it's new to you. Uh, G stands for grow. You have to pay a price to grow. Mm. You don't get to stay where you are or like you are if you're going to lead well. You get to grow. And don't we say growing pains right. to our children when they're growing up? Sure. Well, anybody that's going to change in a business or a ministry, you have to have growing pains. Things that you did when you were first starting are smaller, have to change to adapt to a larger uh, audience and right. crowd. And then E, evaluation. Whenever you change, learn from it because what you learn today will help you change tomorrow. Good. So when it comes to leadership mistakes, it's when they take shortcuts, when they think they can choose comfortable over the hard mm. or convenient over the best mm. or popular over the right. Leaders make mistakes when they refuse to change. So you have to embrace the challenges and get out of the rut. You gotta be healthy and you gotta learn. Right. You gotta face anxiety. You're gonna have to deal with some stress and you've gotta do something new. You've gotta grow. You've gotta pay the price to grow. Then evaluate. The third mistake leaders make is trying to please everybody. Right. You know, Aiden, nobody appeals to everybody. Right. That's just stupid. Well, we're the church for everybody. Oh, shut up, you are not. You are not. You, you, nobody is for everybody. That's right. why God made us all different. Right. Uh, I will appeal to somebody that you won't appeal to. Right. You will appeal to somebody that would not have anything to do with me. And thank God he, he brings diversity, right. not division, but diversity in the body of Christ. Uh, Jesus said, when all men speak well of you, woe to you in Luke chapter 6. So if you want everybody to like you, sell ice cream. Don't go, don't go into business or ministry because everybody won't like you. And you just have to accept that fact as much as we want people to like us. And I'm going to make decisions that I've hopefully I've, I've done my homework and they're right, but everybody won't like the choices you make. Mm. That doesn't mean I'm trying to disappoint people. It's just the nature of leadership. Sometimes you shift people around, you shift positions, you shift responsibility, you discontinue something that isn't working, or you discontinue a department, or you have to let somebody go. Everybody won't like that. Right. The key is, is it right? Mm. Is it right? And if it is, don't look left or right, just pull the trigger and make the decision. Good. So everybody's not going where you are. Mm. Amos 3 says, can two walk together if they're not in agreement? No. So you have to learn as a leader sometimes to say goodbye. Right. You know, I love you. You're welcome anytime, but goodbye. And uh, I, I don't have any problem with my, t my personality to do that. Mm. So if you don't want to go with me, go somewhere else. Uh, many times I'll meet new members and I will always try to assess where they're coming from. Mm. I said, if, you're into, if your big issue is Christmas trees or the Easter bunny, or I, let me mention a church I think you'll like going to. That's not an issue here. You know, if that's really what you think is a real mandate for the kingdom of God, then, then God bless you. Right. Go somewhere else. Uh, 
One lady came out of a background from a, uh, probably a Church of Christ, I'm guessing. Uh, probably nice people, but wanted communion every time we had met, every service, because right. that's how they did it. Right. And I says, well, you give me scripture where it says I have to do that every day. I think Corinthians says, as often right. as you do it, right. right? So I said, you don't have to do it in church. You can do it at home. You can do it in a small group together. Right. You can have that community and break bread and have communion together anywhere, all the time, every day. But there's no mandate I have to do it in church. In fact, when you get big, it becomes more complicated. Right. And if you really want to get biblical, then we'll pass one cup around <laughs> and you can have the backwash after 2,000 people. And, I, and you know, that she's scratching her head. I said, they didn't have little cute cups right. and little bitty wafers. Right. I said, they just had a piece of bread and a small home group right. and a glass of wine and they passed it around. Right. <laughs> Frankly, you have to adapt to the, uh, the current situation that I can do it anytime I want, right. any way I want, anywhere I want. From scripture, but because she learned it one way, then she tries to impose that on you. And that's that's something every leader has to face is that everybody wants you to do it their way. Nobody expects you to do everything, but they always expect you to do their thing. Right. And it's like nonsense. It it just can't happen. So that there's that old saying, sorry, I think there's that old saying that says the last words of a dying company is we've always done it this always way. Always done it this way. So, uh, same for churches and right. denominations. Now, if scripture right. demands it, yes. Right. But if it doesn't, then you are free to innovate and be creative to fit in the culture God put you in. What if we had to go underground, be an underground church? Well, our tech, our, our style, our method would have to change. Right. Why? Because uh, they're going to imprison or execute everybody. So in China, it has to be underground. Many other countries are communist countries. It would have to be done. It, it wouldn't be quite as public mm. uh, and open because of the, the reason you had to take a letter to transfer your membership in the Bible was because of uh, brutality and murder, that they would send spies in uh, to f spy out your liberty as a, as a Christ follower, mm -hmm. and then they would execute you or imprison you uh, after they got in. So if you brought a letter from another brother and church, mm -hmm. that validated you to be accepted in their group, knowing you weren't from the outside uh, seeking to imprison them. Uh, that, that's where the transfer of a letter came from. Okay. The fourth limitation and mistake leaders make are only doing what's asked, mm. only doing what was asked. Typically, leaders will do more than others, go further than others, mm. and exceed expectations. Mm. So you're going to do more, you're going to do it longer, and you're going to do it better. Right. Most people will say, well, I did what they told me. Right. They didn't tell me to do that. Mm. You know, <laughs> leaders always do more than what was asked. Jesus called it the second mile. Mm. If a man asks you to go a mile, go to right. Matthew chapter 5. Exceed normal expectations. Leaders never say, that's not in my job description. Mm. Golly, I do a lot of stuff that's not in my job description. Right. So you will occasionally do things not in your job description. Mm. If we have a special event at Summit, uh, 
well, then I'm going to need staff to be on deck for that special event. And they may be staying longer or doing things they don't normally do because we all have to pitch in to make that event. So it's not just what you were hired to do. It's what we need to do as a whole team for this special event. Mm. I have, I have people I employ that clean our building, that, that uh, do security and maintain equipment in, in the church. Okay, that's their job. But if I drive by and see trash in the parking lot, right. I pick it up. Right. Yeah, if somebody's visiting and I happen to be shaking hands out in the lobby and uh, they're obviously lost and they need a classroom, if I'm available, if I'm right there, I'll, I'll walk them down and show them where to go or right. I will connect them to somebody mm. that can do it. That's not my job. I'm not a greeter. So if I see it, I do it. Right. If you see something, do something. Mm. I mean, does, don't, don't our national security people say, if you see something, say something? Right. Well, we want to say, if you see something, do something. It's not in my job description. Do it anyway. Right. If I saw something out of order, I would either fix it or call it to the attention of those in authority. Uh, I would never not, well, it wasn't my job. Well, oh, I want to slap you. Come here. <laughs> it's all of our job together, right. see? So doing only what's asked will kill leadership. Mm. Real leadership will always exceed expectation. Mm. They do more. They do it longer. They do it better. Good. Number five, I call it shirking responsibility. Shirking responsibility. And by the way, the first shirk was Adam. Right. You know, he shirked his responsibility. I mean, she said... The, the serpent made me and the devil told God, I mean, Adam told God, uh, she made me, the woman. And everybody was shirking responsibility. The first key to maturity is accepting responsibility. Right. So maturity is accepting responsibility. It's, you know, uh, I, I just look at people sometimes and I want to say, you are the sum of all the choices you've made yeah. in your life. Right. So am I. And I said, nobody had a gun to your head. You could have made any choice you want, and you've made these choices. You didn't get here overnight. Right. You know, you got here by making consistently bad choices. Right. Your life sucks because you do. And it isn't the government's fault, and it right. isn't your daddy's fault. It's right. your fault. And it was David that stood out after murder and adultery who said, I'm the man. Right. And God was so shocked. You know, he said, well, I'm going to judge every king of Israel after you, David, because you're not a perfect man, but you, you've got a perfect heart. Mm. And you accepted the responsibility of what you did. Don't blame Bathsheba. You did it. Right. You know, so uh, accepting responsibility in my country is is a, we have no responsibility insurance. It's called no fault insurance. Right. I said, well, somebody's at fault, but nobody wants to be at fault right. for anything, right. even if you caused it. So many people will say, that's not my responsibility. Well, high capacity leaders don't avoid responsibility. Mm. Let me give you one of the, by the way, being responsible doesn't mean I am guilty. Right. Uh, if I'm a leader and somebody on my team does something wrong, mm. I am responsible because I'm the leader. I, 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 I'm not guilty of doing something wrong. I am responsible because something on my team went wrong. Right, right. So uh, there is a difference there. If, if I'm heading the company, I'm responsible. Buck stops. I got to make the change, take responsibility, and pay the price. Mm. And uh, that is rare right now in my country. Let me give you one of those responsibilities of leadership. Right. It's accepting the fact you don't get to quit. 
That yes. is a responsibility. All of us have has the feeling at times to quit, mm. to give up. What's the use? But when you're the leader, I don't get to quit, right? I don't get to stay home. Mm. I don't get to say, well, I'm going to watch the World Cup or I'm going to watch the Super Bowl <laughs> or I'm tired. Uh, the kids were up all night sick. I think I'll just stay home. So when you become the leader, you lose the right to think about yourself. First thing I tell every new staff member, when you become a leader, you lose the right to think about yourself. Good. I have to accept the fact that everybody else can quit. I can't quit. Mm. A leader steps up, shows up when everybody else falls behind. Mm. So it's accepting responsibility. And I'll tell you, a lot of folks don't want the promotion because they now will be responsible and right. they don't want to be responsible. Right. And you, you know, you get a higher pay, you get more perks, you get a better reward, uh, the more responsibility you take, but the price you pay mm. is really big. Right. And so you've got to be willing to pay the price or shut up, quit complaining. Don't take a leadership role. And number six, Leaders fail when they forget that most people do what they say, not what they hear. Mm. You don't reproduce what you say. You reproduce what you are. And I have to ask, do I want to become what they are? I could preach on measles, mm. but if I have the mumps, your church is going to get the mumps, <laughs> not measles. It's what I am, what I have. So although they may say the right thing, uh, who they are is who I want to be mm. or who it is they are I don't want to be. I watch what they do, not what they say. Remember that people are visual before they're verbal. Good. People watch you before they listen to you. Mm. So you're always being watched as a leader. Paul wrote to Timothy in chapter 4. He says, be thou an example. Mm. So if I ask people to give a special offering for a project, I give it. Right. Uh, if I ask them to do something, to serve, to show up, I do it. Mm. I have never asked our church to do anything I don't also do. Yeah. I think I to, I think you're disqualified as a leader if you ask people to do what you won't do or you haven't done. Right. So I've never done that. From serving, I've served, I've helped other people, uh, I've served on staffs, I've been a gopher to go for this and go for that. So I've never Never ask our church to do anything, whether it's money or service or time or sacrifice that we don't do. I, uh, yeah, if I say tithe, I tithe. Mm. I said you have permission to check with the accounting office only to say, does Rick tithe? Mm. Does, Rick, does Rick give the offering? And they are permitted to tell you. Yeah, I think, I think Paul said it so well. He said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And I wonder how many people are willing to tell the people that follow them to, to follow the example, you know, because sometimes we, like you say, it's what we um, say, but not but it's what they see. That's the difference. I think in church as well, I often tell our staff as well, when we, when praise and worship starts in the service, you be in the front row and you worship the hardest and the best. You lead by example, just in that simple thing, because people are watching you. But if you're standing there with your arms folded, but you, you know, you're wondering why people behind you aren't responding, it's because they're watching you first. And I think it's such a great example. Oh, I think you're absolutely right. I t one guy, one guy had a national ministry, and uh, while he was uh, preaching on tithing, which I do believe, uh, 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 he was tithing to himself. <laughs> and I, I thought, this is not going to go down well. Right. The, uh, tithing to yourself? Uh, give me scripture for that. Right. But uh, what sometimes leaders do is just mind-boggling. How right. they, and, 
they got in trouble, ultimately went to jail for three years, as sad. So uh, what you said was in 1 Corinthians 11, follow me as I follow Christ. So a lot of people don't want to step up to any level of leadership because they don't want the scrutiny of a microscope. But all leaders, business, secular, or religious, live under a microscope. Political leaders as well. People watch you before they listen to you. Paul says, we are a book known and read by all men. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2. So leaders... We make a mistake thinking we can be verbal and not visual Mm -hmm. because people are always attracted to the visual before the verbal. Number seven, I think this is the last one, the mistake of loving the past. Mm. The mistake of loving the past. The past should be something I learn from, but not something I'm trapped in. God told Joshua in chapter one, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, arise. So God was telling Joshua, hey, the past is over. You love Moses, you love being with Moses, but Moses has left the building. Now get up and lead, and I'm going to be with you just like I was with him, but we're going to do it different. So if a ministry, if a business gets a new leader, there's going to be change. Uh, You know, you hope to be a good leader, but you don't have to do it the way we did in the past. So I can learn from the past, I can grow from the past, but I refuse to be trapped in the past. Mm. Don't waste time and money lamenting what was. Learn to adapt to the future. What worked in the past may not now work in the present culture. Look at what what COVID did. It changed everything. We had to learn to go online. We had to learn to make the services as as powerful as we could, as relevant as we could, something we never had to do Mm. before COVID. It changed how businesses had to learn to adapt to takeout when people couldn't come in and sit down. It changed everything, and people had to adapt adapt or they had to go out of business. Mm. Simple as that. So what was is no more. Now is the new normal. See, we'll never go back to normal. So learn to adapt to the future. So what, what was may not work now in the present. My audience has changed. I read a book called Jolt, J O L T. And the author says, change is coming whether you like it or not, whether you're ready or not. That's why defending what was won't take you into the future. Discovering what's next will. So it's impossible to serve God yesterday. You can't live off yesterday's bread. Yesterday's excellence will become tomorrow's mediocrity and tomorrow's failure. Lot's wife was told, don't look back. She did. She was so fond of her past, she couldn't move into her future. So she was forced forever to be frozen in a backward position. So when I stop living, I hope I die. A lot of people aren't dead, but they've stopped living. I don't want to belong to a pillar of salt church, and I don't want to be a pillar of salt minister. Whatever yesterday's behavior, whenever it becomes today's norm, it means you've stopped leading. So just seven areas where leaders frequently make mistakes. They aren't complex. They aren't, they aren't difficult. They're just common. So if I'm going to lead over the long haul, I need to manage these moments. A review. Avoid shortcuts. Unwillingness to change. Realizing you can't please everybody. Step up and do more than you're asked to do. Refuse to avoid responsibility. It will kill you. People watch you before they listen to you. And let go of the past. Very good.
just some common mistakes leaders make. Well, that's amazing. I think uh, there's so much uh, to chew on in all that. I'm sure you can, we can do a podcast on every one of these steps in detail. But thank you so much for sharing that profound truth and wisdom today. I think, um, you know, you're one of the great uh, teachers around the world, especially besides the Bible, but on leadership as well. You, you often share uh, those three truths, the people you know, the places you go, and the books you read. But you want to conclude with that and just encourage some young listener today or some young person in business or in ministry, you know, to, con- to continue growing because these are profound truths, you know, that we can all make mistakes as leaders. But one of the things you've always taught me as well in the past is, you know, the books you read, the places you go, the people you meet, stretch to, to grow and to learn because as you are growing, you're going to be going in, in, a, in a new direction. Yeah, well, we haven't thought of everything. So uh, if I'm born into one culture and I'm born into one family, that's all I know. Mm. That's all I know. But if I get out and expose myself to other people, Mm. other cultures, other food, other technology, other styles, Mm. wow, it broadens me. I may not like everything, but I'll find something that will be useful to me. So you won't change unless you go places and see things you haven't seen before. Like I I can remember in seminary, and I remember when I was in university, uh, in secular university where I graduated in Texas, uh, I heard things like God won't do this or God won't use this person who doesn't do this or you must do this. Well, because I traveled internationally, I realized you're full of baloney. I've already seen it. That you, you made God too small. Right. And I was asked by a journalist, do I think as I've become older, I've become more liberal? I says, no, I think what happened is I see God bigger right. than the little box I lived in. Right. And that's the key. I got to read. Even women read fashion magazines. Why? New hairstyle. Right. Oh, I like that combination. Oh, I like that color. What brought the change on her? Seeing it, going and watching it in action. Uh, in the old days, we used to get up and make announcements. Right. Today, it's all video, right. and you have control of the time. Nobody can waffle. Uh, you can always do it e- excellently in every service. But I saw that in another nation, and I said, that's better mm-hmm. than what we do. Right. So I want to make the journey in developing that for us. Mm-hmm. So by going other places, seeing other things, meeting other people, I grew bigger, and that's the key. You will not grow any bigger Mm -hmm. if you don't get out of your box and watch what others are doing, read, uh, see, travel. It's worth the price to to go somewhere, visit a conference and something. One idea can change your life, your marriage, your health, your finances. Just one good I got idea can do it, but you won't get it being alone. In your little comfortable box rut, you'll die there. So you don't have to die where you're born. You can move. You can move thinking. You don't have to move geographically, but you might need to. And you can develop new friends. So by being with other people, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. Deep calls to deep. He that walks with wise men is going to get smarter. And that's exactly the right. Other people have enriched my life, helped my thinking, broadened my perspective, and helped me be bigger and better than I was. I think um, uh, in conclusion, one of the stories I always like to share is uh, the African success story of Elon Musk. And um, in your country, obviously, he lives there now and he's the wealthiest person on the planet. And I often tell people that's not the quest for us is trying to become the wealthiest person. But he always inspires uh, me in so many ways because he comes from a small little country that you know that you are you often travel to. And uh, one of the products that he invented was the, well, uh, what advocated was electric vehicles and the Tesla. 
And I mean, uh, you were telling me about how, you know, it's taken off in America and how, what a stunning car it is. But it took a guy from South Africa where you think, you know, like they said about Jesus, what good can come out of, out of Nazareth? So what good can come out of South Africa? Well, the richest guy on the planet. And he's changing the way people are doing, are traveling and the way they're going to space. And so it should inspire us, you know, not intimidate us. That, well, uh, I'm helping him stay a billionaire. I bought a Tesla <laughs> and I love it. Absolutely. I'll never go back. I love that car. Right. He changed the world and right. he made every other car manufacturer change. Right. They all they all criticized him. They all pushed it down, exactly. and now they're all having to follow. Right. Absolutely true. And this guy went to college with a friend in Canada. I know who he is, and they started PayPal. I said, you could have done that. Right. Is that really that high tech? They just had an idea, PayPal. Right. And out of that, they became billionaires. Right. I'm, I'm, Jeff Be Be Bezos with uh, Amazon.com started in his, I got pictures of him in his garage selling books. Right. I said, was that a silver spoon in his mouth? Right. No. He had an idea, I pushed it, and had no idea how far it would go and made him one of the richest men in the world. So we always, are, Christians are always, you know, de de degrading them for how they spend their billions right. or what they do. And I right. thought, oh, shut up. <laughs> what have you done? You know, exactly. uh, I can't help what he spends his money on. The idea is what I want to catch, right. his thinking. Right. How does he think? Mm. How does he see? Is he taking a risk? They right. all took a risk. Right. And everybody sits back and they hope they win the lotto. That's right. that's their big dream. Exactly. No, no, no. You're going to have to take a risk, fail occasionally, right. get back up, try something else new in order to get ahead of the crowd and make yourself out different. You know, stand out from the crowd. Right. Be willing to fail. And you will occasionally. Right. You, every idea won't work. Yeah. But, and all these guys have had some failures and setbacks. But look at what they've done. So I was asked by a Christian group uh, who I'd like to have dinner with. They, they were just asking every speaker at the conference, right. three people you'd like to have dinner with. And I said, Jeff, Jeff Bezos, right. Steve Jobs, he's dead, of course, right. and uh, uh, Elon, Elon Musk. And they didn't, I didn't mention a preacher. I right. said, are you kidding me? I want to <laughs> have dinner with these big thinkers. I right. want to know, I want to get in their head how they see the world, their their worldview, their their values, their their the risk taking. That's what I want to find out. Right. Yeah, I you know I, I got more in my head than going to heaven. <laughs> exactly. You think about uh, I mean our Christian faith. Jesus starts in a small place of Israel in Jerusalem, Nazareth, and uh, tells these twelve disciples, "We're going to change the world." And who would have thought, you know, from a small place like that? So, as we conclude today, could I ask you if you if you don't mind just to to pray and just to um, encourage somebody listening today. Maybe they're going through some personal you know, battles or changes and today's uh, message is going to inspire them just to uh, pray for them to continue the, the, the good fight of faith and not to quit as you shared so wisely today. And uh, we really just encourage everybody listening today that, you know, as Pastor Rick is 80 years young, sometimes we, for those of you that know Pastor Rick, if you watch him at Dream Week, he, you know, he's fashionable for his age. He steps up, he preached so many sessions this this dream week because one of the speakers couldn't make it and he had to do additional sessions and uh, at his age you know you'd never say he is that age he's, he's a, such an inspiration as pastor always says you know um i saw whenever I, I speak to the staff or i speak to my family i always say i always refer to pastor rick i say man i'm, I'm only 54 now and i said if pastor rick's 80 i said i've still got 26 years uh you know in me still to get to be pastor ricky so you're really a truly an inspiration to us and thank you so much for your your boldness your your ability just to you know uh, say the truth in love because I know whatever you say it, you always say it in love, but it challenges us. So 
thank you so much again for your time today and really looking forward to tonight. Yeah, I and, don't uh, know if I'm always in love, but uh, you are, I, I try you to are, do the best I are, can. No, we, do. we receive it like that. Yeah. So. Father, in Jesus' name, yeah. we thank you for the opportunity to share mm. good news. Mm. I pray for those that may be in a difficult situation. Mm. Thank you. Your grace is sufficient for whatever we may be yes. going through. You said you would never leave us. You would never forsake us. Mm. I thank you. Your word gives us promises through your covenant mm. of your abiding presence, the need to have wisdom. You've promised that you will not withhold, that we can ask for it and get right. your guidance and your will. And we pray for your will to be done in every listener's life as it is in heaven. Give them clear vision. Give them direction. Mm. Above all, give them a good spirit of endurance, the ability to press through difficulty because you said in this world, we will have some tribulation. Mm. So we ask that you give them strength and courage and clear vision. And how about, Lord, some good friends to encourage them on their journey mm. or through the difficulty they're facing. May they ultimately come to divine favor of health, uh, healing, and uh, may they prosper in soul and body and spirit. May, may their worldview become large. May they see things that can be rather than just things that are. Mm. Comfort those today that mourn. Be with those in the Middle East, Lord, in mm. great, great distress. Yeah. Uh, people on both sides who have nothing to do with war are also being hurt mm. and destroyed. And we pray for the peace of that area in the Middle East. Yes. Oh, God, have mercy. Mm. And be with the families of those who have been kidnapped and are unknown where they are. I can't imagine the grief. Mm. So bless them and help them, I pray, and bring peace in that region. We ask you to bless our, our listeners today with your, your peace and great joy. Mm. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Rick. What an amazing time today. And I want to ask all of you listening today as as always if this message has inspired you share it with your friends it's free it's here to help you the leader reader podcast is simply there to help people develop their leadership voices and i want to say to you as well this is going to be your greatest year still ahead as a move of crc you know uh, we're still in supernatural acceleration three more months of this month of this year left and we're entering overflow 2024 so come on that one idea pastor rick spoke of today that tenacity you don't quit on yourself you keep pushing and watch what god is going to do exceedingly abundantly above have a great great month and can't wait to be with you next month for episode 19 of the leader breeder podcast be blessed in jesus name amen thank you for joining us here at leader breeder make sure to subscribe to the channel to catch the next episode every month